The secular left, the true bigots, recognized 60 years ago that religious faith is what made America great and granted all of this country's citizens freedom and opportunity. The proponents of Marxism and its systems of governance, communism and socialism, are systematically detaching all American institutions from religious faith to stop the rise of another Muhammad Ali or Martin Luther King. Live televised sports are the strongest influencer of American culture. That's why the sports world has been seduced into adopting the satanic values of the music industry, particularly hip hop. You can't enter a high school basketball arena, a college basketball arena, or a professional arena without hearing commercial rap music. Football practices and seven-on-seven tournaments pipe in commercial rap music. Commercial music is traditionally rebellious and debaucherous. Generally speaking, parents drop their kids off at concerts. In contrast, sports have traditionally been patriotic and moral. Families enjoy sporting events together. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, wants Kyrie Irving to ignore God and obey money. Welcome, welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, happy Friday to you and yours. The weekend is here. We made it. And listen, I, I, I got to keep it a thousand, a thousand, a thousand percent. We've saved the best for last. We've had a great week of shows, but we are going to stick the landing on this Friday. Royce White, Delano Squires, we're going to get deep, smart, smart and deep, deep and smart. We're going to get the smart, I think. It's, it, Today's show is going to be off the chains. I got a fire starter cooked up for us, and I got two guys that can fan the flames of this fire. Delano's written a column that has perfect synergy uh, with my uh, fire starter. Royce White's just around the corner. Uh, but first, I'm going to light a fire. And, and, and you know what we do with a fire? You know what's good to do with a fire? Grill. Cook great meat. It's a great opportunity for me to talk about my good friends at Good Ranchers. Uh, the winter holidays are almost here. It's when we prepare for our waste to get bigger and our wallets to get smaller. <laughs> good Ranchers has a solution. They got great meat at a great price that's healthy for you, that's priced affordably. Beef prices are skyrocketing. They're going to go up another 20% in 23. But you can avoid all that by... Uh, joining forces with my good friends at Good Ranchers, lock in the price for meat through the life of your subscription. If you buy this November, when you subscribe during their Black Friday savings, this is their best deal of the year, only valid for the entire month of November. With my promo code, FEARLESS, you can get their exclusive Black Friday offer of two free Black Angus New York strip steaks. These steaks are more tender than other beef. This is attributed to the meat's marbling and a trait that Black Angus is known for. That's two 12-ounce steakhouse quality cuts that will absolutely blow you away in flavor, and you can get them for free at GoodRanchers.com. Get a $70, uh, $70 worth of free USDA choice steaks and save an additional $25 on every box you subscribe. Treat yourself 
or someone you love to Good Ranchers award-winning service and quality this holiday season. Remember to visit GoodRanchers.com fearless or use my code fearless at checkout to grab their best offer of the year. Black Angus is one of the premier breeds of cattle for high quality beef. So don't have a normal Black Friday this year. Have yourself a Black Angus Friday with two free steaks from Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. You can support me, Good Ranchers, our way of life, our way of thinking, and the kind of fire I'm gonna start right now. Uh, I wish they'd all just admit it. Adam Silver, Roger Goodell, Phil Knight, the executives running the TV networks that are in bed with the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. Professional sports are hostile to religious faith. Just admit it, guys. The widespread, orchestrated rebuke of Kyrie Irving has nothing to do with anti-Semitism and everything to do with removing faith in God from sports. Admit it. You will never convince me or rational people that the controversy that sidelined Irving's 2022 basketball season is about a 2018 documentary. No way. Neither is it about Irving's assumed position on the true origins of black Americans. I'm not buying it. Hebrews to Negroes, the so-called sequel to Adolf Hitler's anti-Jew manifesto, Mein Kampf, is too confusing, too boring, and too dated to justify the relentless public trashing of Irving and his reputation. The flogging of Kyrie is a message to athletes that their multi-million dollar paychecks are dependent on their willingness to serve money above God. The sports world no longer tolerates legitimate religious faith. Faith made Muhammad Ali refuse military induction. Faith compelled Martin Luther King Jr. to demand equal rights. Faith motivated white men to sacrifice their lives in the Civil War for the freedom of black people. People of faith cannot be controlled. We live in a time where the elite seek unprecedented control of the American people. They wanna tell us when we can worship, what experimental medical trials we must take, when we must wear a mask, which politician we can support, and what is, what is okay for us to think. Kyrie Irving's religious faith, no matter how misguided, makes him impossible to control. He wouldn't take the vaccine and missed a significant portion of last season because of that decision. He's refusing to fully grovel and beg forgiveness for a thought crime allegedly committed against Jewish people. Irving's mind is diseased with religious courage. Professional sports cannot tolerate that. The NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLB climbed into partnership with the secular left, Black Lives Matter, and the other political descendants of Karl Marx. The secular left, the true bigots, recognized 60 years ago that religious faith is what made America great and granted all of the, this country's citizens freedom and opportunity. The proponents of Marxism and its systems of governance, communism and socialism, are systematically detaching all American institutions from religious faith to stop the rise of another Muhammad Ali or Martin Luther King. Live televised sports are the strongest influencer of American culture. 
That's why the sports world has been seduced into adopting the satanic values of the music industry, particularly hip-hop music. You can't enter a basketball arena at the high school, college, or professional level without hearing commercial rap music. Football practices and seven-on-seven tournaments pipe in commercial rap music. Commercial music is traditionally rebellious and debaucherous. Generally speaking, parents drop their kids off at concerts. They don't want to see that. In contrast, sports have traditionally been patriotic and moral. Families enjoy sporting events together. Now Jay-Z is an important partner and consultant with the NFL. Dr. Dre and Snoop starred during the Super Bowl halftime show. NBA All-Star Weekend is the Lollapalooza of hip-hop. Under the pretense of diversity, inclusion, equity, and racial sensitivity, professional sports, like all of corporate America, has been radically changed. Religious beliefs are seen as transphobic, homophobic, and racist. Kyrie's form of religious conviction is anti-Semitic and dangerous. Irving tweeted an image of a four-year-old documentary and has undergone a two-week public trial for anti-Semitism. Adam Silver, the Jewish commissioner of the NBA, told the New York Times on Thursday that he found Irving not guilty of anti-Semitism. You might wrongly conclude that Silver's verdict is a positive step. It's not. The public announcement to the New York Times is justification of the kangaroo court proceedings that just transpired. The NBA owes Irving an apology and the money it stole from him during his five-game suspension. The league owes punitive damages for the smearing of Irving's reputation, which caused Nike to end its relationship with Irving. Had the NBA ignored Irving's harmless tweet, America would have continued to ignore the 40-year-old documentary. Instead, the Brooklyn Nets and Adam Silver stirred more racial animus. What was the real purpose? The purpose was to remind athletes, celebrities, and influencers to avoid taking any stance on religious principle. It's the same reminder Democrats give black voters during every election cycle. Ignore what the Bible tells you about marriage, the sanctity of life in the womb, the importance of family and gender. You gotta remember, you ain't black if you don't support same-sex marriage, abortion, the disruption of the nuclear family, and kids and surgeons picking genders. We're being programmed to ignore God and obey secular elites. That's my fire. We'll have Royce Wright, Royce White, just around the corner uh, to react uh, to my fire and our continuing conversation around Kyrie Irving. We're going to play some clips from Kyrie spoke uh, this week, and we want to delve into uh, some of the things he talked about uh, with Royce White. Uh, before I, I go to Royce White, though, I want to tell you about my very best friends at Preborn. Uh, I want to share a testimony with you about a young woman who came into Preborn. Uh, pregnancy clinic, a baby was really not in her plans. And even after seeing a halo on her baby's ultrasound, she was still leaning towards abortion. But then she heard the heartbeat and she chose life. You see, 
When an expectant mother has an unplanned pregnancy, preborn is there. Preborn clinics introduce moms to their babies through ultrasound, and it's like a divine encounter. Our goal at The Blaze this year is to rescue 50,000 babies. Will you help us? You can sponsor an ultrasound and introduce a mother to her unborn child for just $28. $140 helps to rescue five babies' lives, and now through a match, your gift is doubled. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or donate securely at preborn.com slash Jason. That's my preferred method. Preborn.com slash Jason. As the end of the year approaches, your tax write-off can save a life. These precious souls need your help. Please go to preborn.com slash Jason. Anytime I get to talk about my friends at Preborn, it makes me feel good, makes me feel better about the weekend, makes me feel better about everything. We're a group of fearless men and women that enjoyed this show, this content. We're trying to create a movement. Preborn. Preborn.com slash Jason. Preborn. Giving to Preborn. That's how you support the movement. All right, uh, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a very brief break. Come back to the all right welcome back uh let's bring in the deepest soldier in the fearless army uh, Royce White. Uh, Royce, uh, you just heard me rant and rave about what Adam Silver and I think the real agenda is. You'll never convince me that all that's transpired with Kyrie Irving has to do with the tweet of some movie poster. I I'm just not buying it. There has to be a deeper goal, a deeper agenda uh, than just oh, Kyrie tweeted out a movie poster and everybody's feelings are hurt. I'm just not buying it. Adam Silver told the New York Times that Kyrie's not anti-Semitic. What do you believe is going on here? What, what has the NBA been trying to accomplish? Well, I think um, over the past few days, or in the days to come and the weeks to come, um, Kyrie Irving is going to be walked into a room by these anti-human, neoliberal, Marxist, globalist people and sat down, and he's going to be told to sit, boy, sit, Negro, and we're going to put you back on script. We have a script for you. We're going to put you back on script because you've gone off script, and you have two choices. You can either read the script, and we can, we can consider a reconciliation and, and continuing to let you play in this league, or you could decide to, to, to stand your ground and dig your heels in on this issue and we'll make sure that you never have any part of of our thing ever again. Um, and if you do decide to go on this apology tour, you better make people believe you mean it. You better go out there and make those other Negroes believe that you mean it. You better make those other people believe that you mean it. Um, and, and this is about power. And, and yes, there's a racial dynamic in it, obviously. And it's a racial dynamic that comes from a side of a narrative that has promoted itself to be the exact opposite, to be inclusive, to be diverse, to be uh, equitable. But we see everything but in this situation. And the NBA is, is a 
major hypocrite for the way that they've dealt with this entire situation. But it shouldn't shock us. And and to me, it's personal because I've been in that position before. I've actually been in that exact same seat in that exact same room and told this is the way it is, young man. And many people, you know, maybe who are new to our audience or who have never heard me spoke before uh, may see my name and, and vaguely remember my story and go to Google and bring up Wikipedia. Well, if you do that, they already got you. And this is what they rely upon. This is what the entire establishment relies upon. And, and remember, the first time I came on this show, I, I said that the NBA is a watering hole for a global corporate community. This is where everybody comes to get their beak wet. This is where everybody comes to, to tap into the re- resignation and rejection of God and get their false catharsis for all the things going on in the world and in their own personal life. This is globalism. This is the whole deal. This is the new world order. People think that the NBA is just a basketball league. It's not. None of these professional sports leagues are just professional sports leagues. You know, they're the social center. They're the social uh, network of, of the people that run the world. And, you know, who is Adam Silver? Who was Edward Silver? Who, who is, uh, you know, who was David Stern? We, we, could go, we could go down the list. Who is Joseph Tsai? Um, you know, so I, I've been in that position before. And fortunately for me, I was uh, strong enough to be able to say, you guys can keep the money. Um, and that's why a lot of people still to this day think that I'm not playing in the league because because I can't fly. I mean, I see it all the time. If you believe stuff like that, they have you. It's the same type of people who would believe that this this film was overtly anti-Semitic and that the NBA and, and, and Joseph Tsai and Nike have any moral authority or high ground whatsoever to bring this type of ethical uh, criticism of Kyrie Irving. Royce, you didn't back down. We can only speculate about whether Kyrie's going to back down, but Kyrie did an Instagram Instagram Live, I believe on Wednesday, that indicated to me that maybe he's not going to back down. And so I want to play some highlights from that and, and get your reaction, I'll react as well, to see if there are any clues to where uh, Kyrie's going. And so the first clip I want to play is him talking about talking to millennials and sa- suggesting it's their time to stand up. Let's play that clip. I have to speak in general topics because it gets too mixy. You know what I'm saying? But I hopped on here specifically to share something with y'all. My generation, the millennial generation, we got to be better. We got to be better. My millennial generation, we got to be better. We know too much of the truth. And sometimes that will put us in places where we're fearful or we have anxiety. And in order to make an impact out here that is generationally sound, where it lasts for not just one generation, but for seven to 10 to 20 generations now, we have to break free mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. You know what I'm saying? It's not easy to do it, but we have people out here that are willing to extend a helping hand and, and do it. So Kyrie, I believe, is one year younger than you. He's, he's talking to you and your generation. What do you think he's, what, what's he trying to tell us here? Well, what I can say without going into, into too much detail is that this, this fight is far from over. This fight has just begun when it comes to Kyrie Irving. And um, I, I appreciate um, my brother's spirit and 
another part of what makes me upset, you could say, is that if you watch that video or if you watch any of these videos of Kyrie Irving talking, he's not a militant, right? He's nothing like me. He's a sweet kid. He's a good kid. He, 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 you know, he, he may have a, uh, he may still be learning things. He may still be, uh, going through his own spiritual journey or his own journey of history and all of the things that, that he's trying to, to find that knowledge about. But overall, you can tell by his demeanor that he's a good, genuine person. And that says something about how this establishment has chose to try and go after him. And, and what I think he's, he's realizing now is that, He's at the height of, of, of his basketball career. He's at the height of celebrity. He's at the height of success. Yes, he could win another couple NBA championships. Maybe he wins another five NBA championships. Not likely. I mean, it's not likely for anybody in the NBA to win another five NBA championships between now and the end of their career. But I think he understands that there's a bigger spiritual calling for him, and I'm proud that he's decided to step into those shoes. And, and I know for a fact that this is far from over. Um you know, the NBA right now would hope that this passes by quickly. They, you know, when you see Adam, when you see a, an anti-Jew backtrack their statements on anti-Semitism the way Adam just did, they've, they've overextended. They've reached a little too far. They're, they're afraid. And they're afraid because in the NBA, they have what we call customer concentration. 45% of the viewership is black. They can't afford for the black community to boycott. They can't afford for the black community to take their dollars and take their viewership away from the NBA. And, and for the first time in my life, and, and in 10 years of my adult life, I've been, been intimately involved in the public discourse around professional sports in the NBA. For the first time in my life, I've seen black people call into question with some real consistency how we view money versus morals, how we view money and, and celebrity and fame and materialism versus principle and ethics and truth. Um, and, and that, that's a point of a point, a, a place to be optimistic. Um, will we hold on to that? Will we stand our ground? You know, that remains to be seen, but I think Ky- Kyrie Irving will for sure. I want to go to another clip that I found very fascinating. He referenced something that I've heard Kanye West reference uh, about vibrational energy. And, and I've seen, not just Kanye West, I hear a lot of people talking about vibrational energy. Uh, let's play this clip, uh, the next one where he talks about low vibration. If we keep living the same lifestyle that we looked at when we were kids and saw like, oh, this, this is popping, oh, this is, nah, this is, this is one of the people I need to follow. Like, think about social media in general. Like, you guys are just, we're just following, and I say you guys, no, we are. We are just following people. We're just following people. That is a level of influence that's, that can be dangerous if it's not poured in the right places. And I woke up with this on my spirit because I had to let it off. You know, this was, this was what was called to me this morning. I don't know what exactly, but this is what has been called for me to share with you guys. The elder generation is saying it's time to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I'm not going to tell y'all what to do. I'm not going to tell y'all how to live, what to think. But our millennial generation, this is specifically being accountable for us. We can't we we can't try to force our thoughts and our ways on anybody else. But we have to know that the right way is already in us. 
feel me? That's why you have to be rooted and grounded in who you are. I'll tell you this. This is my last thing before I hop off live. I woke up, or excuse me, I wake up every single day knowing that my skin color is something that is hated on. My culture is something that has been pushed underneath the rug. They're now changing history to be forgotten about. And that's why I'm saying this generation, this millennial generation, specifically us, if we allow them to cover up all the history and all the things that have happened to our human race and what has been done, we will be doomed. That's all I'm saying. So all the young kids that may not understand it yet, that's fine. You're going to come into this. But to my generation, be better. Be better. Do not get distracted out here. Do not get, you know, do not get to a place where you're stagnant. We have a lot of entrepreneurs. We, we, we have crypto. We have NFTs. We, we've redefined art. We have the metaverse coming. We have all these great things coming. You know what I mean? But still, when chaos happens and trauma happens, we revert back to our old ways. They're trying to do everything possible in order to keep us in a low vibrational state. A low vibrational state. If you don't know what low vibrational state of being is, please go look it up. But I'm specifically talking to my generation right now that if we do not teach our kids the truth of this world and what has happened and what has taken place, it will it will be lost in history. We will be lost. We will be the generation that's lost in history. Black, white, red, yellow, no matter what color you are, there has been some type of part of your history or our human history that has been erased for purposes that go way beyond our understanding. So I saw a video last week, two weeks ago, where Kanye was on, I think on drink tramps, and he was talking about low vibrational energy. He was talking about what they were doing to music. 808s and chakras, he's talking about an 808 is a beat, and it's, a, and it's laced into music, and, and he talks about how it manipulates the mind and keeps you in a, a place of sex and violence and, it, it, what do you to hear Kanye and Kyrie hit on similar themes about vibrational energy? What what are you hearing there? Um, I think Kyrie is a person who is is um, exploring the spiritual world in a genuine way, and I think he is he's being as open and honest as he possibly can be. I think he's somebody who has. Um, over his and I can say this from an athlete perspective when you live when you eat sleep and breathe the game the the sport like like we are conditioned to do as athletes I've been conditioned that way since I was five or six years old that that you eat sleep and breathe the game you find very little time for yourself to grow and develop your mind outside of that and so th that comes from a personal standpoint now imagine all of the history that one has to encounter and confront and sort through and vet in order to have an, a, an understanding that they can articulate in a way that's 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 accurate, that that becomes even harder. I mean, there's a real dedication and a discipline in that alone that that is um, that is admirable. And he's definitely on that track. What I'll say about the vibrational energy piece is that it's become very in vogue for our generation to speak about the spiritual world um, in in a way that both rejects 
uh, norm, normal religion, normal religious tradition, but still tries to tap into something greater than the material world. And I see it every day. I see these young women. I see these young men talk about numerology. They talk about astrology. They talk about all these religions or, or these all these uh, metaphysical beliefs that some Christians, many Christians would reject on face value. But I'm going to bring this to the table. Yes, and let, let's let's be real frank about about what I'm talking about. Kabbalah, okay. There's an there's a there is a very prominent Kabbalah um, imitation culture on social media and in our generation, and that's a positive thing in some respects. Now we can argue about the details of Kabbalah. And, 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 and the historical basis for Kabbalah. But overall, when people are looking for metaphysical connection in a world that's become uh, focused a, a, on the material, you have to look at that as a net positive. And so, again, it, it, let's put it in another in another light. I'm a Christian. So I find the, the, the astrology and the and the uh, the numerology on face value to be a sort of pagan religion. Now, some people would would argue that there are elements of the Christian faith that are pagan, pagan uh, beliefs. So that that's a theological question. But overall, I would say as a Christian that we have blinded ourselves. We have handicapped ourselves to what it means to be human and how much power we've actually been given by the one true God. We, we have been so bogged down spiritually with what we eat, what we fill our minds with, what we, what we spend our time on, that it would not be beyond my belief that time and space have a significance that is unbeknownst to us as we currently live. And that if you went further back in time to people in the earlier biblical ancient days, that they would have a deeper understanding of time, space, and the connection between that and us and the physical being. So I think when you hear Kyrie Irving talk about that spiritualism and 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 things that don't necessarily readily sound like our Christian t- tradition, don't reject that. Don't reject that. That's the devil at work. That's the devil at play. That's the devil wanting us to divide ourselves along traditional faith lines when really we should all be we should all be searching for a deeper spiritual understanding uh, and, 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 and a, a deeper um, worldly understanding. And so when you talk about low vibrations, that has become a very common idea. And, and you know, the, the Kabbalah, like I said, the Kabbalah fad, Kabbalah is, is Jewish mysticism. Kabbalah is. Thank you. I was about to <laughs> ask yeah. you to sorry, make sure you define that. The ancient Jewish tradition of mystical interpretation of the Bible, first transmitted orally and using esoteric methods, including ciphers, if reachable, the height of its influence in the later Middle Ages and remained significance. In anyway, cont- continue, and then I want to move on to another clip. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you go through the Internet right now, you see, if, uh, uh, you know, in this hyper uh, technocratic sort of uh, short term, short, uh, short gratification world that has become so anti spiritual, you see people grasping. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to skip a few steps. I'm just going to be honest. Right. Like only the most only the most um, 
Only the most experienced rabbis practice Kabbalah. Only the most experienced Jewish rabbis indulge themselves in the Kabbalah. Why? Because when you get into Jewish mysticism and arts and practices that have that kind of power, that, that go that deep, that ask those sort of metaphysical questions, it can drive you crazy. It, 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 and it breaks people. Okay, and that's that's another reason why you see a lot of these young women who are trying to find that spiritual connection in the in a world that's become radical materialist. You see a lot of them sort of lose their psychological stability and 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 trying to search because they're they're doing it in a you can't cheat that. You you have to become fully immersed in the contemplative in the spiritual, in the discipline, in the gr- in grounding yourself to be able to go into that type of deep metaphysical understanding and not drive yourself crazy. And we don't have a society for that. And I only say that because I, I hear a lot of people, a lot of feedback from Christians who go, oh, well, you know, Kyrie Irving is saying this or that, and that's against Christian faith. But stop. Stop. You people aren't beholden to Christian ideals and faith the way that you that the way that you want to make it seem like you are. When you go to criticize his differences, because if you were, you wouldn't be getting drunk and high every day. You wouldn't you wouldn't, uh, you know, give your freedom over to people who are openly satanic. You wouldn't give your your dollars over to people who are openly satanic. So I don't want it. And that, that, you know, Kanye was brilliant when he said that he goes, you know, what have you been hearing from the Christians? They'll be the first ones to judge me. Right. I mean, these these young people and Kanye, I still consider young as well. These young people were conditioned in a world that was meant to be radical materialists, and they're trying to find the spiritual, and I appreciate and admire that. I'm proud of that. I'm happy about that. I'm optimistic about that. That was excellent. Uh, uh, Kyrie also said something that hit home with me because he basically called social media a disease that he does not want to give to young people. Let's play that clip. When I say that my generation and the older generation has to bridge the gap is because our kids are watching everything that we do. They're watching everything that we do. You know what I'm saying? They're, the kids are watching everything that we do, but we want to put them in the metaverse. We want to put them in front of the TV. We want to put them on Instagram. We want to put them on social media so quick. We want to give them the same diseases that we have right now. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not putting my kids through this system that's designed to distract and demean and destroy character based on race, culture, class. I'm a native and I'm a black man or African man. I had to identify that because that's what was given to me in this Eurocentralized society. I had to identify as a race. I had to identify as a culture. I have to identify what my religion is. But the reason why I'm speaking like this is because to my generation and to the older generation, we can't have this. That's enough talking. We can't have this. Uh-uh. This joint can't fly anymore. It can't happen anymore. And I'm I'm called crazy trying to grow up in this Eurocentric society or this society that holds white supremacy over the top of everything, which was created by them. I never created it. How, how can how can I be sane in a society that calls me crazy for tr- trying to live a moral, just life, a principle led life? I didn't grow up seeing color. I didn't grow up seeing, you know, religion and culture, bro. it was taught to me. It was taught to me. 
I grew up in school with this stuff. I had experiences. So my generation, like we dealt, we still deal with it a lot, but our older generation dealt with it far more superior than we did just because it was way out in the open. Now it's way more guarded and silent and subtle. All these isms and all these definitions that we put out here. And let me direct it back to my point. I'm, I, can, I can wake up every single day knowing that the system is right in front of me and I'm making money for the system. The system is, is what I need to survive, right? But the system also created an image of the way you're supposed to be out here and that's just not reality. That's not reality. The, Im- the image that's created of who we should be, like look on, look on all these social media websites. Is, not every, is everybody not trying to be the same? Is everybody not trying to be the same on all these social platforms? Is everybody not trying to be famous? Everybody not trying to be liked? Is everybody not trying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't. But but y'all but but y'all want to crucify the people that want to make change. But as soon as some shit pop off, everybody runs back. I don't get it. Everybody runs back to their Twitter, to their Instagram, to their TikTok. Everybody runs back to social. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like all, all everybody just runs back. Nothing gets done. Nothing gets changed. Kyrie's making a point that I've been making for a solid seven years that the social media matrix, that they want everybody attached to it and controlled by it. This this man is dangerous and they got to shut him down because to have an influence running this wild and explaining to people like this is all a game, a rigged system. They can't have it. They can't have it, Royce. I mean, what could what did he say that anybody could argue with? And even more so, what what did he say that you could that you could make the argument represents hatred? Nothing he said seems hateful to me. It, it doesn't even seem aggressive. I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I look at what he I look at that video and I start to question my own approach to these conversations. I'm being honest in real time, because, you know, even in the last couple of episodes, I go back and I listen just to try and, you know, hone in on the things I'm saying and the way I'm delivering a message to an audience that that has ramifications and ripples into the future. And sometimes I gap out because I take a lot of these things personal, especially the lies from the establishment, because I came through it. Um, but what Kyrie is doing is is trying to be as um, as objective and, and, and pragmatic as possible. And it just goes to show what the real fight is. This isn't about race. And let, let's be honest here. You and I, we, we, we understand how race has been played as a cultural three-card Monty where we put black and white versus each other and we make off with the green. But let's be honest. I said it before. The crown is the sine qua non of, of, of globalist satanic uh, uh, rule. There's no doubt about that. And there were some black folks in Africa. There were some, some colored people in Africa that played a role. There were more darker colored skinned people all around the world that played a role. But let's just be clear. The crown is the sine qua non of where we are today. And, and, and most people are coming to grips with that. But what's, what's troubling many people is that we have to confront the historical narrative about race while coming to grips with the bigger fight. And a lot of people aren't able to do that because we've been programmed so, so heavily. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, we, we are a Eurocentric society and there is a lot of culpability in that. And if you ask me as a Catholic, uh, who would I say holds the most culpability? Am I going to say young black people in the streets of Minneapolis? 
No, they hold a lot of individual culpability. But if you talk about institutional culpability, I'm going to say the Vatican, the, the Catholic Church, our, our own, the body, the, the body of Christ in, in the physical. That is the institution that holds the most culpability in the way it behaved, not only today, but in the 17th and 18th century with King Henry. Right. And the things that we the, the heresies and the blasphemies and the and the rules that we let be bent at that time as an institution. Protestants, the same. The entire Anglican Church, where Protestant Protestantism uh, comes from, has King Henry VIII. Right. I mean, these things have historical basis that we all get taught to gloss over and speed by in an attempt to push us away from freedom. And we're coming down the hatch here where. It's not about race. We need to look at race for its historical significance. But this is really about who is for freedom and who isn't. Let's shake all of the race stuff aside, you know, and let's talk. Let's get down to brass tech. And my Republican, my conservative, my Christian brothers and sisters and citizens <coughs> in America, they, and Donald Trump himself, I said it, we better get right about this reconciliation. There needs to be a genuine racial reconciliation in this country. And it doesn't need to be along the lines of some fake kumbaya or grievance politics. It needs to be along the lines of what we believe we want and stand for going forward. And you're going to see a lot of people break stride with this conversation. Ben Shapiro's one of them. Where does Ben's allegiances really lie? Is there such a thing as Jewish supremacy? Ben, be honest. Don't lie. You know, stand under that yarmulke with some with some sacred honor. Is there is there a problem in black communities? Minister Louis Farrakhan, I love what he had to say. I love what he had to say on behalf of Kyrie and, and Kanye. It was straight down the middle. You know, let, let's take pick a Le, LeBron. Is there an issue there in China? These are the conversations we got to start to have. And I think that's ultimately what Kyrie is saying is who have we become? We're just in this zeitgeist of social media where the conversations we're having aren't even real. They're just a representation or projection of what we want to look like. Meanwhile, nothing actually gets accomplished. And, and who could argue with that? I mean, that is, the, that is the proper diagnosis of the time that we live in. Royce, I heard you clearly, but I do want to give you a chance to clarify uh, that because I, I agree with your, your challenges. To, hey, hey, Ben, one nation under God, you know, is, is faith and serving God the most important thing? I think when you reference Minister Farrakhan, you were putting out the same challenge to him while acknowledging, hey, I like what he had to say yesterday as it related to Kyrie. It, it, I just want to give you a chance to clarify that. that you know, let let it, me be clear it, about it. What, yeah. what I'm saying is, 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 well, let's 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 go back, because one thing that I could say on behalf of the minister and the nation as a Catholic, as a Christian, as somebody who is not a member of the nation of Islam or nor do I claim to be a, a, a practitioner of the Islamic faith, although I will say in good Abrahamic in good Abrahamic form, I am a Christian. I am a Jew. I am a Muslim. And there needs to be some sort of coming to coming to God moment in the Abrahamic faith. But what I can say about the minister is he has always preached a very similar message. And that message is 
There is nothing that we keep begging white liberal or white people to do for us in America that we can't do for ourselves. That has always been the cornerstone of his message. That was always the cornerstone of Malcolm X's message. And, and as far as Elijah Muhammad goes, for whatever flaws you may think that he had, which I don't know of personally and can't confirm because I wasn't there, I know what he said with his mouth on the record. And what he said was the spiritual health of the black community needs to be well before we can think about the political health. And I respect that. And I think that that's true. What I will say is that the nation of Islam has yet to um, put its hands on the American political situation. And there is some there is some there is some um, credibility uh, or there there is some legitimacy to why they haven't. Right. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to bring it full circle to, to my point about Ben, but there is some legitimacy to saying, how can we even start to deal with the political if we're not okay ourselves? And I think this was the big rift that came down between Malcolm and, and Elijah Muhammad, so far as I understand it from reading his book and, and watching the coverage and the, and the way the stories were told by Minister Louis Farrakhan and other people in the days after Malcolm X's uh, assassination is that Malcolm's take on it was that black people have to become extremely political act, politically active. And, and, and Elijah Muhammad's take on it was that black people need to have their spiritual house in order before we concern ourselves with the, with man-made systems. So and there's some, there's some credence to that. <laughs> what I am no, here it's to totally say, factual in my opinion, but what it, I am it, here it, to it, say is totally factual. A, mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent factual, but what I yeah. am here to say and this is the shortcoming of Christians, Jews, and Muslims alike in this, in this vector. We have underestimated that the political is Satan's favorite tool. We have underestimated how, how potent the political can be on the psychological and how potent the psychological can be on the spiritual and especially in a culture that has a downhill trajectory on disconnection from God. Okay, so we, we almost try and revert. It's not easy to know God. It's not easy to open your heart to God, especially when you've been blocked by satanic forces and energies. Okay, so we seem to, the nation's prescription is, come to us and we'll introduce you back to God. The, Christian, the Catholic Church's perspective is, come to us and we'll introduce you back to God. The, 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 the temple, uh, come to us and we'll introduce you back to God. But how does one live close to God and part of the day in, in a satanic society the rest of the day? And this is why the political becomes so important. This is why we fight for the abortion law the way that we do in the conservative movement. It's not about the law itself. It's about the moral and spiritual implications on an entire nation of people and on the human condition and on the human spiritual ledger when we when we've done what we've done. We 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 have we have damnation on us that is not going to be easy to clean off and it's not going to work by just coming to pray a few times a day. So my point is. The minister and the nation have their reasons for not completely separating themselves from a Democrat party that they know is antithetical to the Islamic way. Now, I'm not saying that the minister has never spoken out, not has never spoken out against Democrat politics because he has. 
But for some reason, the, the, the influence of the nation of Islam has not swept across the nation in one fell swoop and said, these people are out, done. Because if they did right now today, we would get another 15,000 votes in Atlanta and we would have control of the Senate. And if we were smart, we would organize as a black, a new, genuine, not sellout, black caucus in this country right now and put down on paper what it is that we really want and see for our community to have health and progress going forward. And we would go to the Republican establishment and say, these are the things that we want to deliver you, Georgia, and deliver you the the Senate majority. Now, when people decide not to do that, as a 31-year-old man that has that has watched the political scene, that has watched the spiritual decay, I have to ask myself why. And that's not to call into question the minister, and, and or anybody, or the or the or the Catholic Church or Christian I, Protestant churches or I, anything. I, I want to jump in though, because I because I, again went to the Million Man March, been to many Savior's Day, listened to a lot of Farrakhan tapes. Never gonna uh, deny any of that. Racial idolatry is the weakness of Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. You're not gonna hold uh, people accountable and call people to righteousness if you have the germ of racial idolatry and you're promoting a religion that uh, makes your race an idol and condemns other people for making their race or their ethnicity an idol. That's the failure, in my view, of Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam. I've had family members involved with the Nation of Islam who had their lives improved by joining, seeing things cleaned up that Noah, nothing else seemed to be able to clean it up but joining the Nation of Islam. And that's yeah. why, you know, I don't write them off. Uh, and I'll never deny uh, the, the that I partook and somewhat support, well, I supported, had to. I was buying the tapes and I was going to their events and listening to Farrakhan, but it's the racial idolatry that eventually is just like, we can't win this way. And and I see idolatry, everybody's got ethnic idolatry, racial idolatry, gender idolatry, and nobody just wants to adhere to God's words, methods, or they want to make a special classification for themselves, their ethnicity, their race, and then and then they want to hold everybody else uh, to the standard that, that the God in the Bible or what the Quran, the uh, Torah, whatever, they want to hold everybody else to those standards, but, but we got a little special uh, classification for us. So I, I just, let me, uh, let me continue with another clip from Kyrie uh, because this, goes along and feeds into my point that I'm just piggybacking off of about some, this is the one thing Kyrie said that I couldn't quite get on board with and it sounded idolatrous to me when he starts talking, it's find your tribe season, let's play that clip. And again, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to repeat this, I don't know all the answers, I don't have all of them, I won't pretend like I do because there's so much information out there, but I will share this with you. When it's on my spirit and on my heart and I've meditated on it, I've prayed on it, I'm going to share it in a way that is positively reinforced. I have no hatred for people in my heart. I am a soul bound by this universe to do amazing things. Even if it's small in someone else's perception, it's big in mine. It's my life. It's my journey. 
right? I never was born to see color, culture, class, all these things, right? I grew up in it. But now that I identify with my family lineage and I know where I come from, there's not anything that could really make me go into hiding anymore because I've seen it all. There's new things happening under the sun all the time, but they've convinced you that there's nothing new happening. You feel me? We're stronger together. We are way stronger together. Way stronger together. And the first thing that I want to see out here is all of us being able to have a conversation, right? And I don't say all of us, like it can't happen all at once, but all of us to have a conversation within our households where we address a lot of the stuff that happened in the past without getting too angry about it and leaving the table unheard and hurt because I'll tell you this and again I keep saying this is my last thing but look my ancestors pain and and pain and anxiety and fear is still in my DNA it's still it's still in the it's still in the DNA all the things that my family went through in the past and that I've seen it went away and the reason why I shouted out the millennial generation because y'all feel this y'all feel this and y'all know my generation knows we grew up a certain type of way and we're trying to change things but every time we get back pushback we sometimes we give up it's like nah f that f that f that y'all nah it's find your tribe season find your tribe and not everybody is going to get along. I don't expect that. But what I am expecting is that the millennial generation, when we connect with our elders, show some respect for the wisdom that they have. But do not judge their ignorance. What do you make of the find your tribe? I, I, I got right now and I'm not 100 percent sure on how I feel, but it, it yeah. didn't strike me the right way because I, I, I think we I'm someone that believes we're all part of one tribe image bearers of God and and to see us run off into tribalism and all that. That's that's why we're in the condition we're in right now. But maybe I'm not hearing him correctly. Well, I think I think, again, when I hear it, there's nothing that that trips a wire or alarm for me, Um, you know, because I know Kyrie personally, too, and I know his spirit and I know his heart. And, And ultimately what he's saying is 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 what you're saying. Um, but but I think he's calling on millennials to to go. If we know all these things to be a problem, why is it that we can't come to an understanding? And why is it that our elder generation let these things consume their hearts so much that we weren't able to have the logical and reasonable conversations that needed to be had in order to be in a better circumstance today? And to go back to my minister, I love the minister. I, I, I don't have no shame in that. My mom sat me in front of the TV and I watched the minister on cable access channel in Minneapolis. We had cable access channel of, of the minister because we were stone stole from Chicago. Um, and, I, and I am a Jew and, and I believe that Israel should be preserved. And, you know, and obviously I'm a Christian. And I believe that the Catholic Church needs to go through another reformation and we need to come come back closer to being the, the, the living body of Christ here on Earth. Um, but none of that is none of that is what we're what we're talking about here or what Kyrie's talking about. What we're talking about is what are the things that need to be discussed? What are the things that need to be ironed out that for some reason we refuse to address? And and for whatever reason, from whatever side, I don't care what the reason behind it is, 
what Kyrie's saying is the time is now to to fight through whatever roadblocks those are and push ourselves to come to some type of understanding and reasonable outcome. And let me say this. There's nothing wrong with having a tribe. It's the one thing about the conservative movement that I really don't like. Yes, call the left out for using race hypocritically, for using race as a tool, for using race as a weapon to wage division with intent. No problem with that. We should call that out. There's no way that the liberal movement of the Democrat platform should rest on racism when they when they uh, carry around the symbolic uh, the symbolic uh, promotion of Margaret Sanger and all these other people who were just as if not more racist than anybody they criticize. But it's okay to have a race. It's okay to have a culture and a tradition. Understand what globalism really means to do. Globalism means to take people's culture, to take people's history, to take people's identity so that they can ascribe you a new one. So it's totally fine, in my opinion, for somebody to resonate with their tribal ancestry. I don't care if you're white, if your people came from Norway, like some of my people, if your people came from Mexico, like some of my people, if your people came from from uh, Arkansas by way of the slave trade in, 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 in Africa. Doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with resonating with your with your tribe and making that a priority. I would say it's a healthy thing to learn about other people's tribes, too, because that's just the curiosity and funness of being a human and being able to experience different things in the world. Just like I'm not going to eat the same food every day. I want to try something different. That's that's part of the blessing of being human. But there's nothing wrong with with being tribal. What's wrong is if you let your tribe um, force you to do things that are not close to God or that would that would make God upset or that would make God ashamed. And those are those are significant questions. How does one uh, become become proud of who they are and their heritage and culture and history without it turning into a racial war or a racial animus? And I think Kyrie is doing a great job of being a spokesperson for that because he's saying, look, I came up with Jews and I came up with with white folks and I came up with all kinds of people. I got all kinds of relationships. But right now I'm prioritizing understanding who I am, understanding my history and us Americans better get wise to this because while while the history of of, of blacks or Jews or the Europe or Europeans uh, may be in a process of being rewritten, it's our American history that's going to be rewritten next. And these are things that we all still have to sort out. And and Kyrie is 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 early in this. He has come to a spiritual breakthrough where you're going to see him dive into things and learn more about history and he's going to grow right before our very eyes but i i tell you this no matter what disagreements i may have or alarms that set off by what he says i trust him 100 times more to be honest and genuine in the days to come than i do adam silver and that's got nothing to do with him being a jew i i i agree with you i want to get one more thing in with you roy's and we gotta be a, a bit more concise because I gotta get to Delano. Uh, I wanna make sure I can leave plenty of room for Delano to get in on this. So I wanna stay on this Farrakhan topic because it relates to LeBron James and I wanna give you a chance to talk about what you, what you make of LeBron James 
coming out with some tepid support of Kyrie Irving. And but before I, I, I do this and, yeah. and I'm just I'm doing it not a, I'm just doing it. I, I want to I want to be perfectly understood about what I'm doing and why we've been talking about Minister Farrakhan and all this stuff, because some people are going to criticize us. But I, I just I, so I want to start by playing you a clip of Ben Shapiro platforming and talking about Minister Farrakhan to let you know. We get to play by the same rules as everybody else. So let's play the Ben Shapiro clip and, and, and then I'll play Royce the clip I want him to respond to. And we have seen a tremendous amount of vaccine hesitancy, unfortunately, in the black and Hispanic community. If they come up with a vaccine, be careful. Yes, sir. Don't let them vaccinate you. With their history of treachery through vaccines. Hey, black America, only 67% of black Americans say they definitely will get the vaccine or probably get the vaccine. The black community has tremendous vaccine hesitancy. Okay, that is a real problem. They are making money now, plotting to give 7 billion, 500 million people a vaccination. Yes, Dr. Fauci? Bill Gates and Melinda? You want to depopulate the earth? What the hell gives you that right? The people who should be ripped up and down right now are people like Louis Farrakhan, who's literally going out there and telling his millions of followers that the COVID vaccine is a vial of death. Have you seen any media coverage of this? If a, if a major conservative figure who had met with a bunch of members of Congress were out there literally telling people that the COVID vaccine was a vial of death, you know that would be at the front of every single newspaper, right? Conservatives deny vaccine efficacy. And yet here was Louis Farrakhan doing just that. Democratic members of Congress have met with this guy. They continue to meet with this guy. Have you seen a headline about this? Here's Louis Farrakhan, who has many, many followers, talking about how the COVID vaccine is a vial of death. Some of these uh, so-called vaccines, it's the nanoparticles that men like Dr. Fauci have proprietary knowledge of that allows them to get a patent for their vial of death. I mean, how is that not the headline, right? I mean, seriously, that should be the headline. You want to talk about overcoming COVID? We should be talking about vaccine hesitancy. <laughs> Did not play that to, Royce, I don't want you laughing because I didn't play that to mock Ben Shapiro. That was from 2020 when he was pro-vaccine. That's not my purpose for playing it. My purpose is we've moved into this culture and world where, oh, if you platform somebody, that means you're endorsing all of their views and you can't do that and blah, blah, blah. And I I just want to be crystal clear. I get to play by the same rules as everybody else. Whoever they get to talk about Louis Farrakhan, I get to talk about Louis Farrakhan. We get to talk about him on this show. And we don't have to run around and and, uh, cape up or defend everything that Louis Farrakhan has said or done. I'm on record, I don't agree with it. I'm a Christian, Royce is a Christian. We're not members of the Nation of Islam. But Minister Farrakhan 
has an influence in black culture and in American culture, so much of an influence that 1994, I think, was the Million Man March. I drove across the country to go participate in that Million Man March. Never going to disavow that. That man was calling for black men to stand up and to take uh, responsibility for our communities, our families, and all that. And that rang true to me. And literally, if he called it on it again today, I'm likely to go because I still believe that. Black men need to stand up, take responsibility for our communities, our families, our responsibilities. Having said all that, now, I want to play this clip. Farrakhan yesterday came out talking about Kyrie Irving and was critical of Charles Barkley and LeBron James. And I'm wondering is if this criticism is what provoked LeBron James into action. Let's play the clip. You decided to put fear into men like Charles Bogley and LeBron James and other black men who had become rich and powerful. You wanted to say you were saying to them as you were lynching Kyrie, you all better get the point. You all better get the message. They don't want you rising up into that knowledge that will make you a real man and not a glorified punk. I, I, I was happy to hear him say it because that is what we have running around a lot of glorified punks who don't have knowledge of self, don't have knowledge of God, aren't spiritually grounded, don't have faith in God, and so they're very fearful. Uh, Royce, if, if we can, we need to be tight here because I got to yeah. get to Delano. Yeah. Your thoughts on LeBron and whether or not he, <laughs> if he felt these lashes that were sent his way. I, I, I'm going to put it all into one small little package to, to close here. And I'll make this, this very clear with no equivocations, okay? Um, the minister... My my criticism of the minister is not on any of his fundamental beliefs or, or the things that he subscribes. And I think this this whole culture where we have to be all for something or all against is a part of the ploy for us to be divided and separated and be de de detached from the truth. My criticism of the minister is that I want him to become more involved in the political, more involved in the political and, the, and, and to understand the 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 the, um, the importance of governance uh, yes, you can govern yourself as an individual and as communities and as a family within your household, but the overall governance does play a role and, and, and does influence the way that people live. That's one piece. I like Ben Shapiro. I don't have a problem with Ben Shapiro for the most part. I think he makes some very salient points. I think he he's very good at, un, at, at uh, picking out the contradiction of things. Um, Ben Shapiro is a neocon. I'm just going to say it. And, and the, the entire Israel motif, this is one of those wedge issues that has really confounded the American political discourse. Because we, we on the conservative side have not yet realized that Israel is the linchpin of neoconservatism. That our interest in, in Israel, our interest in the in the Middle East was 100 percent military and 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 a, 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 a you know a proxy for the crown and their business dealings. We're not willing to admit that. 
And that's why you see a, a fractionation between Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro, because Candace comes from a more genuine place that says, hey, what are the issues? I don't care about any of these identity politics games that have been played. What are the issues and what is the right position? And that's why. Uh, and so let's take the vaccine, for example. Israel, most vaccinated. Israel is the most vaccinated country in the world. The most vaccinated country in the world. Anti-Jews. They're willing to experiment on their own people. Okay. As far as LeBron goes, the minister said it plain and simple. The man is a sellout. Now, what he does that I would never do is he creates the space, a very gracious space, to say that LeBron has been bullied and made to fear. And he, and he does it from a position where LeBron is also a victim of the system and establishment that stands over him. To that, I say, hold on a second. We all have, a, a, we all have the, the, the power to claim our own individual sovereignty and make decisions based on morals, morals and ethics that are independent from the establishment that preside over us. In the same way that he would say that he doesn't want to get too involved in politics because we all get to make a choice as individuals about freedom, about the way we live. I'm saying the same thing about LeBron and Charles. Yes, the establishment means to buck break them and they've been doing it for generations. They still get to make a choice and they chose the money. And we can no longer let people lead our community and, and shower them with praises and idolatry if they've chosen the money. That's what Kyrie's saying. Kyrie's saying we have to come to a place here and now today where we put a, a flag in the sand and say, you may be black and I may see you as similar to me because of the color of your skin. And I may understand the history. But one thing I will not do is follow or let my children follow a man who chose the money over the morals. And the minister is gracious in his old age with LeBron in that way. And I would never be because I know he made the choice with full fledged knowledge. He knows that they got two million Muslims in concentration camps in China. He knows that Nike is a running dog for the CCP. He knows that communism as a political ideology is at the helm of much of the oppression that has gone on and is going to go on in the future. And he's okay with it as long as he gets to sit on a fake throne with a fake crown. And I don't, and I don't hold any quarter for apology in that. Thank you, Royce. Uh, I'm going to let Royce go. Uh, he piping hot today. I do want to, I'm going to add one little thing. I completely disagree with Royce about Farrakhan getting involved in politics. Uh, that, that's my whole problem with virtually the, the whole church is it's way too political. And I'm specifically as it relates to black people, in my opinion, in my opinion, we have a spiritual problem that has to be corrected before we can do anything of any good. If we don't correct this spiritual problem, we're defined by a demonic music. And again, this is where I'm, my whole problem with, with Farrakhan is just like that racial idolatry stops him from fully going after these hip hop artists and everybody else that's participating in this demonic music that we're feeding our kids. Racial idolatry stops him from going, and I know he's been critical of them occasionally, but I know he's made peace with many of them and taken money from many of them as well. 
And again, if you leave the racial idolatry out of it, everybody knows that's a demonic form of music that is killing black people and black culture. We need to call it out and I've called it out my entire career and I've acknowledged, listen to it, I know it, I've been fans of it, it's demonic and evil and needs to be called out regardless of who's participating, regardless of the color of the people produce, participating in it. And I'm not gonna cape up and feel, oh, they're little poor little black boys and they're just doing what the white man tells them to do. It's evil, it's wicked, it's selling out and they need to be called out and there's a spiritual problem with us that has to be corrected, and that should be our focus and attention. Again, when I sit there and tell you why I like Farrakhan and Nation of Islam, it's because when they talk about what we black men need to do, 100% on board. Some of the other stuff, I'm not. Delano, I'm gonna apologize. We're getting to you a little later than I, I wanted to, but when we come back, we'll hear from Delano Squires next. All right, welcome back. Uh, without further ado or delay, uh, let's roll out to Washington, D.C., bring in Delano Squires. It's smoky up in here, Delano. It's hot up in here. I don't know if it's any hotter, though, than the column you wrote today about the obsession with <coughs> oppression. And, and I got to say, Delano, I just want to enter it into the record. I'm completely transparent with the audience. If you read Delano's column today, I had nothing to do with it. Uh, now, when I was reading, when I was reading it, a tear came down my eyes, and I was like, "Oh, I got a soldier here! Oh my God!" And and Delano, I I, I mean this in every biblical way. I love you, brother. Uh, I appreciate that. Anyway, so, yeah, explain your too. column today. Yeah, I, Jason, it's. For weeks, I've just been trying to bring into words what I've been thinking about with, with this entire situation around, you know, Kanye West and Kyrie Irving and, and not just their words, but the responses, particularly from the, from the black commentariat who typically do not speak up, uh, certainly not on our behalf. Right. You know, we level critiques against hip hop culture, so on and so forth. They're silent on those things. And I'm, I was just trying to find words and, and the right words, because I know it's it's sensitive territory and as I said before when you're dealing with nukes it's different than dealing with a super soaker so I try to be careful because I, I don't I try to minimize collateral damage but something kept coming to me Jason and it was so many people when they talk about these issues it's always um, harmful words hurtful terms hurtful tropes words of violence and it, it's a it, it's there's a tendency you know, and I name specific people: Jesse Washington, ESPN, um, the 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 gentleman from the Blaze, the editor of the Blaze. I can't remember his name off top. Um, Leon. Who wrote a response? Yes, who wrote a response to one of your columns? And, and and it's it's the same pattern. It's Kyrie posted a tweet to a link to a documentary on Amazon with no commentary, no words. I watched the thing. It had some hurtful things. And what they do, they say the, the, the things I disagree with in this, in this documentary are somehow connected to um, violence that's been perpetrated against Jewish people in the past, whether in the Holocaust or 
Um, the, the Jesse Washington mentioned the Tree of Life shooting, mass shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. And I'm just like, where is this coming from? And, and as I lifted up a level, I said, this is, this is the play that every group that paints itself as oppressed tries to run. I know it most intimately within our community in terms of black folk and saying, you know, Democrats get a law they don't like, it's Jim Crow 2.0, it's Jim Eagle. Um, if a Republican gets into office, he's trying to put you back in change. He's trying to bring back, you know, segregation and roll back the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act. And the people that, are, that I'm talking about, both, you know, the, the Leon gentleman and, and Jesse Washington, it's this documentary is linked to the, the extermination of Jewish people and, and, and mass shootings in synagogues. And I, and, and I said, this is the same thing that animates the, the trans activists when they say, if you, if you don't use somebody's gender preferred pronouns, if you don't affirm them, if you don't give them quote unquote gender affirming care, they're going to kill themselves. And I said, this is, our country has a free speech impediment that's called by, caused by a condition that I call oppression obsession. And it makes groups paint themselves as marginalized and oppressed. And what they do is say, if you speak against either us as a group or an individual within our group, then you're going to cause violence to either come upon us or you're going to cause us to, to engage in violence against ourselves. And what it's done is locked up the mouths of millions of Americans. And I started by talking about some teenage girls in New Hampshire who are in a beauty pageant and, and some uh, big old dude who dresses in a wig and, and some shoes on, won the pageant and a scholarship. And the girls that are surrounding him are smiling like this is okay. And I'm saying to myself, either they've been fully indoctrinated or they are so demoralized that they know that they cannot speak. Because if they do, they're going to get raked over the coals. And it's no different than some of the stuff we're seeing with, with, with Kyrie Irving, right? It's the notion that some players, like the LeBrons, feel like they either can't say what they want to say or they feel like the, the Charles Barkleys, the James Browns, the Shaqs, and, and, and some other people, it's, well, I have to say this particular thing to, to go you know, along with the script. So I, I wanted to bring that into focus, and I think that explains so much of why our public discourse has been completely corrupted, and we can't have difficult conversations about anything, because as soon as you say something about somebody in a particular group, and again, I'm including black folk, is, oh, you want to kill us. You want to put us back and say, you want to put us back in chains. And I said, no, nah, we can't do that. And we can't allow ourselves to be held hostage by people trying to do that to us. The thing that, that baffles me about what you're pointing out is if my column that has some mild criticism of Ben Shapiro or... Uh, who, who knows, just mild criticism of somebody. If, if that somehow is the rhetoric that leads to death and violence, how come there's not a consistent message of like, okay, mm -hmm. we got a whole gang of rappers putting out music that denigrates black people, calls for violence against black people, denigrates women, uh, you know, brags about rape of women. Eminem did a song with Dr. Dre where he said, even the women I rape have or reach orgasm. Again, mm. if all of that can be said 
and, and, and there's not this consistent passion of like, wow, this leads to the death of black people, disrespect towards women. It's must, this must be linked to why the divorce rate is so high among the black community, why they're not getting married. But no one passionately argues the consequences of this demonic music, mm -hmm. but mild criticism in a column or whatever, there's a direct link between anything that happens to anybody. And, and, and all I can say is, until somebody can show me a comparable number or percentage of dead bodies that equal to what I see in black communities, then I, I'm like, hey, what are we really talking about here? Because I'm looking at bodies strewn out over every major city in America, black men slaughtered in the streets, and we can't criticize this music, either we're sellouts or all, mm -hmm. oh, you know, people cape up for them. There's just no consistency with the logic. Absolutely, Jason, and that's one of the things that um, you know, I talk about towards the end of the piece, right? Uh, one of the things that our society is lacking is is what the, what the scriptures uh, refer to, particularly in the Old Testament, is equal weights and measures, right? Balanced scales. We, we think about scales when it comes to justice, and, and this applies in 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 the sort of social commentary space as well. There, there are no there are no standards for what is allowable and and not allowable. And one of the things that I say is that even Kyrie Irving himself when he gave his first response, not the, not the fake apology, but his first response, he framed um, his comments in terms of, uh, he, does, he doesn't want to add to the, I'm paraphrasing, the oppression of, of the Jewish community and so on and so forth. And, and one of the things that's clear to me is, if you replace, um, well, it's, it's not even replace because Kyrie didn't say anything nearly as overt about Jewish people, because again, he didn't say anything when he posted the tweet, as other people say about white folks. And, and, and in my column, I talked about, Joy Reid said that the state of Texas and other red states just want to open up to get black and brown people back in the factory, making stinks for presumably white folks, right? She said that white people, white conservatives would trade higher tax cuts for the ability to say the N-word. This stuff is littered. This is this is this is their commentary. While I was doing my research, I just did a uh, a search in within Jamel Hill's Twitter feed of white people. My thumb almost fell off from scrolling. That, that, that's how many references she is. White people do this. White people do that. White people are racist. White white be. And I'm saying these are the same people that are telling me, oh, we shouldn't be engaging in stereotypical language. And and it's like they they have no standards. And, and that's why I said my, my ire is typically um, reserved for, for the Afrostocracy, the black leadership class, the five Ps, the politicians, the pundits, the professors, the preachers, and the performers. Because these are the people that, that want to claim a leadership mantle, but they don't lead black people because they don't speak to us. To them, there's nothing in our, in our behavioral conduct or our culture that we need to correct. They are white leaders because the only people they talk to are white folks. Read this book, buy this book, buy my DEI classes, send your kid to this school, patronize this business, post this black square. But when we say, hey, well, what should we, should we stop you know, putting out music and culture that denigrates us, promotes violence? Oh no, that doesn't, it's a, it, it doesn't matter. White people buy more hip hop than anybody else. Words don't matter. 
but then when it's some some something com- comparably mild, then everybody's everybody's caping up and they've got think pieces in the Atlantic and all this other stuff. And, I, and I'm tired of it. And that's why I say towards the end of the piece, I, I come at these things as a believer and I, and I do not subscribe to hatred of any image bearer because that will show contempt for our maker, who is God. That's that, that's my foundation. So I don't need to get into which tribe, which which, you know, people and so on and so forth. I, and I'm not ashamed of, of tribes and nations because the scriptures talk about that, that from one man came all nations. And, and in the last days that, that God is going to pull from every tribe and tongue and nation and people, and they are going to be giving him praise forevermore. So it's, it's not that I think we shouldn't talk about this or shouldn't acknowledge different tribes. It's that what makes us. Uh, the commonality that we have as humans is our sin and our wretchedness and our need for a savior. And that's that's the tr- case, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you're black or Greek or Norwegian or Chinese or f- or from Antarctica. It doesn't matter. And the people that that have the, that ha- that uh, control the commanding heights in our culture, they don't have they don't have that framework. Right. They're not opposed to hatred. They just want to pick which group is in the crosshairs. And that's why they can't keep their standards straight from one week to, to the other. One week, Stephen A is on, is on uh, ESPN lecturing white folk. Well, white people, you need to, our, our dear sister, Rachel Robinson, was accosted with the N-word for two, for two hours at a volleyball game. <laughs> and then he want to come back the next week and lecture somebody about you shouldn't stereotype people. And it's like... They, they, these are not serious people. These are not serious thinkers, Jason. And, and part of it is because, to your point, and I, I listened to your entire conversation with Royce, there, there is a seed of racial idolatry that has been sown into our ground since the beginning of the country. And a lot of people are having difficulty pulling, pulling the weeds out. And, and my final point is that the scriptures point you to the ultimate weed be gone. Because when you pull with your own hands, you're going to pull up in one place and it's going to grow up in another place. So we, we need the master gardener because clearly we can't get it done on our, on our own. It's I'm just going to be your choir and say amen and, and just say for me, I don't like racism. I don't like racial mm. idolatry. And so where we've moved in this country uh, to uh, hey, you can say anything about white people that you want. You can say any negative thing. It'll be applauded. I don't like that the same way I don't like the negative message about black people in hip hop music. And so I, I'm just what's the common thread between the, the promotion of this music that denigrates black people and the promotion of a culture that's being created where you can denigrate white people. I don't like it. it th- this undermines people's uh, respect for themselves, confidence. Uh, mm. I-, I couldn't imagine, again, it's like, oh, okay, the, the solution to what we've been doing to black people by pumping all these negative messages into them is to pump those negative messages into white kids. And mm. so I'm sitting there looking like, Oh, so now we want white kids feeling ashamed of themselves and somehow that's going to improve the world. I don't want equality and freedom and all that so that I can then oppress somebody else. 
I, I, I want us all to see each other as brothers and sisters. And again, that's why, I, anyway, I, I'm just saying to me, I want to play you a clip. Uh, sure. I was going to play it for Royce, but th this clip I think works well for you because we've talked a lot about these ESPN personalities. Uh, Jalen Rose, uh, I think, took the social media uh, or maybe it was on his show. He, he, he's been taking some heat for mm. not supporting Kyrie's freedom of religion and free speech, and uh, social media is killing him for selling out, and he issued a rebuttal. Let's play the clip. Yeah, le le let me have a conversation about my blackness for a second. In an election year, and also when you have circumstances that Ime Udoka put himself in, circumstances that you have Kyrie Irving put himself in. I've literally seen people trying to politicize the messengers, and I'm one of those people. And let me just say this out loud, this very important. I did more for this culture before 9 a.m. today than most people gonna do in their lifetime. Just because I don't think Kyrie should be derailing the next season just because I don't believe that the lady's name should be exposed based on the fact that the power dynamics are at play and it's more to the email situation than most of you guys know. If I'm not trumpeting what is low-hanging fruit, that don't make me a sellout. And by the way, I was with, with, with the great Sir Charles Barkley last night. And we had a two hour conversation about this. Two hour conversation about this in person. Had a two hour conversation with Charles Barkley about this. Just because I don't agree, agree with Kanye or Kyrie, that don't mean that I'm cooning for the man. That means that I don't believe what he's doing is right. That's a fact. And so it's important for people that look like me, Jacoby, in particular, to not politicize what's happening with Kyrie and Ime and Kanye and shoot the messenger. I ain't going to always ride with somebody just because they black. If I think you wrong, I don't care what color you are. That's just being real. I ain't about to be following behind nobody that I think is wrong. And let me tell y'all something else. What he doing ain't an act of civil rights. He's not being oppressed. He ain't being oppressed. He get $40 million to play basketball this year. He ain't being oppressed. So I just I just had to say that and woosah because this podcast is therapy for me. <laughs> uh, These guys are so out over their skis, man. And I've known Jalen Rose since he was 19, a sophomore at the University of Michigan. I covered the Fab Five. And ESPN's putting these athletes in a tough spot, man. They're talking mm. about things that they're just not qualified for. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't get it. The guy should be talking X's and O's and 
def- you know, hustling back on defense and yeah. uh, what type of offense the, the Lakers should be running. Talking about this other stuff, he's just not built, qualified for it, and he's making a fool of himself. It's all, you know, the guy's been a broadcaster now probably for close to 15 years, and and magically now he comes out and says, I, I don't care what race the person is. Right. I'm going <laughs> to criticize whoever I want to. It took, up until today or yesterday, whenever he put this out, he had always acted in a way that the color mm-hmm. mattered significantly. Mm-hmm. And his comments at the beginning, where he talks about his blackness and he's done more for the culture than uh, before 9 a.m. than you'll do in your lifetime. What, what culture are you talking about, for one? Right. The, the culture of idiots, I guess, maybe. <laughs> he's maybe done smoke more weed and said more mm-hmm. stupid stuff before 9 a.m. than anybody else. Hats off to you, Jalen. So uh, for the last couple of days, I've been thinking about this and the, the, the thought I've been not not this video, but just this this um, phenomenon. And the thing that keeps coming back to me is. Michael Jordan is the greatest for a reason. He was on to something when he said, you know what, I don't get into the political commentary. And the reason why is and Roy said this when when you were de- singularly dedicated to your craft since you were a child. It's hard for you to become well-versed on other things. That's why a lot of these guys used to go to, uh, what's the sociologist, Harry Edwards? And he would, yes. he, would, he, would, he would give them things to say. And it's like, oh, you know, you, you, you do a class with Harry Edwards, now you come out, you, uh, you know, you, you're a Black Panther. But what, what's happening is, to your point, and I said this to my, to my friends in our, in our group chat, if you want to be in a social commentary game, you need to know what you believe, why you believe it, and you have to have the courage to stand on it. And these guys are missing oftentimes at least one, if not all three of these things. They, they, their, their knowledge on certain subjects is a mile wide and an inch deep. When they're pressed on it by somebody who knows better, then they, they don't know what to say. When, when the powers that be say, oh, we don't approve of this message, they get scared and they start to, to move out like Michael. And then, and then they wonder why they're losing respect in the culture. And part of this is, Jason, one of the, and it's gonna sound unrelated, but I promise I'm gonna bring it back. <laughs> one of the downsides of moving from an agricultural society to an industrial society is that people forget that nature has a nature. And those chickens will always come home to roost. And people like Jalen and LeBron and Shannon Sharp, who've played the, I'm with the culture. I stand with the culture. I'm I'm blackity black black. Look look at, look at me. I'm I'm drinking Hennessy. I got my black and miles. I got my wave cap. Now they're realizing, oh wait, hold on. Uh, it's possible to get crossways with the culture because corporate it wants me to say one thing, the culture wants me to say another thing, and I'm not sure which way I want to go on this, right? And and that's why I think well, they 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 go extra hard when they can get a Brett Favre sort of situation. Cause I said, oh boy, I can rack up some points on this and hope that the capital that I put in the bank on this is gonna help me when you know I go against the grain, against the culture on something else. So I can look, I'm the, I'm the guy that was calling Favre out. And these people, they, as I said, they don't have a singular standard. And that's why it feels like they're ping-ponging. 
and they got to they they have to prove their blackness. So I opened a school. I did this. Look, I I I I, I smoked black and miles. And it's sad to see. And, and part of this, again, this goes back to your conversation with Royce. A lot of these guys are searching for some for something to ground them. And I think what everybody's realizing is that skin color is not enough. Race is not enough, particularly when you build a racial foundation on the idea that you're oppressed. Because the same thing that Jalen said in criticism of Kyrie uh, is the same thing that other fans have been saying in criticism of people like Jalen Rose. How are you oppressed? You make 20, 30, 40 million dollars a year. And they're going to say, nah, but it's the system. But the white man is making billions. And and, and they, they can't square the circle. And it's one thing where you can't square the circle around Thanksgiving dinner, right? And, and, and one of your cousins who's a little bit smarter than you calls you out and, and you feel like a fool because you've been spouting stuff and they press you on it and they say, you know what, I don't really have any depth. But they're doing this real time on TV. And as you said, they're out over their skis and everybody got real confident when they were talking about Colin Kaepernick. And part of the reason is these people do, and, and it's so ironic because these are trained athletes. These guys are these guys think that they're D1, but that's because they, they face D3 competition. Their ideas are never exposed. The last true, the last of the Mohicans over there at, at ESPN was probably Will Kane, who would give some sort of pushback. Jay Williams, I mean, he does it every once in a while, but even he's gonna find something. He's he gonna get on the, the Amazon Jeff Bezos scent, and then he's gonna say, Oh, look, look, here's a white man that should be criticized more. But most of these guys, they, they can't do it. They don't have the firepower to do this for an extended period of time. And they're learning that in real time. And I wish most of them would get back to what they truly know. But they feel that they can't because then they would be falling into the sh- just shut up and dribble camp. But the irony is that's exactly what they want Kyrie Irving to do. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and roll up your sleeves. And it's not working for him. Delano, the other thing that's happening that they didn't prepare for is that uh, all things are going to come into the light eventually. Mm. And mm-hmm. and so there's been an awakening through this Kyrie situation that started with Kanye. And this is why Kanye and Kyrie are so dangerous. They started saying, no, look a different direction. You keep talking about oppression, and, and, but they're going, no, nah, look, look, look over here, look over here. <laughs> it, it, it's someone else. And so what, what's happened from Kanye and Kyrie is people started going, oh, they keep telling us about the white man, the white man, and he's doing everything, and it's Jerry Jones. And it's, it's all these evangelical white people. Mm-hmm. And, and now people go, well, Oh, is it really Jerry Jones and all these evangelical white people? Is it somebody else? Is there an untouchable group that actually, and and so I want to read this Shannon Sharp tweet that that lets you know who he feels like he can't question. He can question everybody else, but he's been exposed now because this is his tweet. It doesn't matter what you, Kyrie, or anyone outside the Jewish community says. The Jewish community found it offensive, and we, that includes everyone not from a particular group, stop telling people what's offensive, disparaging to their group. He's been, Mm. look, there's a group that I take my marching orders from, 
Mm-hmm. If they say this, I don't get to question it. Now, black people are saying, mm-hmm. telling him, no, Shannon, your behavior is uh, out of line here as a race to Kyrie. He feels fully empowered to tell that group, you're wrong. Right. My behavior isn't out of line. If white people, conservative white people, were saying, Shannon, that uh, minstrel show you put on every day on TV is out of line and it's offensive to us. And when you when you do all this race baiting towards white people, we find that offensive. Shannon says, you better shut up and take it, you racist white man. I don't care mm-hmm. what you have decided. But there's this other group that Kanye and Kyrie keep talking about, and it's like, oh, no, when the boss man say he upset, we's upset, boss. And everybody's supposed to be, and so that reality is starting to seep into like, yep. oh, okay, there is someone that Shannon Sharp and Jalen Rose and everybody seems to be afraid of except Kyrie. Mm. And, 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 and I wonder why that is. And, and, and I don't say that to besmirch or uh, it's just a reality that's out there about who people in this entertainment, punditry, media sphere, rappers, everybody. We saw Charlemagne. On mm-hmm. video with Vlad TV. Oh, I ain't even comfortable having this conversation. Oh, I'm sweating. Oh, God. I don't want the boss man to hear me talking like this. And so, allegedly, me and Delano are tap dancing for the white conservative Christian man. Right, right. But now that the music's really being played, we can see who's uh-huh. dancing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, that's it's, what they it's, didn't anticipate. No, it, and it's crystal clear. And in th- this, this is um, there are a lot of sort of cultural and political tectonic plates that are being shifted, right? And, and a lot of these guys, they they don't even understand this this sort of stuff. They because their minds are so singularly focused on race, that's the only way they know how to interpret the world, and they don't see that things are moving underneath them, um, and they don't see how. When, when Dr. Umar Johnson and Tariq Nasheed are saying, hey, I agree with Jason Whitlock on this thing, right? <laughs> when people who typically don't listen to the show or who typically don't like you say, nah, they, 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 they're really trying to, to do Kyrie dirty on this thing. They're trying to emasculate. When, when even Stephen A. Smith, because again, he, he tends to, there's always a, s- a slow student in the class, no disrespect, but he tends to lag about a week behind. So he was out front before, and now he's saying, oh, now nah, they're trying to emasculate Kyrie. These guys don't understand how, how this thing is moving. And part of, a, part of the problem in our culture is that you get cultural capital by trying to portray yourself as being helpless, marginalized, and oppressed. And it doesn't matter whether you are uh, a Jewish person who's doing this, who says, oh, I'm oppressed, I'm oppressed. But you're the one who signed people's checks. Or if you're a black person who's doing this, or you say, well, black people can't be racist. We're oppressed. We're oppressed. But, but you're the school superintendent. You're the police chief. You're, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You're a CEO. 
And and it's it's frustrating because what it does, it conditions people to always throw themselves down and feign helplessness. And you can't do that and become a strong people. And what's happening, again, these plates are starting to shift. And again, I'm, I'm going to tie it back into where I started with the column. On the trans issue, I saw the other day um, the root, which again, I talk about the root often. I, I wrote for the root, came out, you know, spun out of the Washington Post, used to be a reputable, you know, publication when Skip Gates was there. They had one of their, you know, editors or whatever post a video with Dylan Mulvaney, the, the grown man, white dude, who, who says that he's on a transition to girlhood. This is the guy that went to go meet the president the other day and told President Biden he's in day 224 transitioning. And Biden said, oh, God bless you. The Root picked up on a previous controversy with Dylan Mulvaney when him and another dude with bearded who thinks he's a woman or non-binary, whatever. They were um, being highlighted by Ulta, it's a beauty, beauty product line. And Dylan Mulvaney said, I want to be a mom and I want to do all these things and I can do it. And the woman at The Root, a young black girl, says, oh, these people are hating on Dylan Mulvaney and, and um, you know, they're being transphobic. And I said to myself, Dylan Mulvaney is not the Roots audience. He's not their key demographic. And I told my wife this, Jason, I, I'm honest to goodness. I said, I cannot wait until there is a showdown between um, people, the, the Root, the Joy Reeds, the Tiffany Crosses, the Jamel Hills, and the black women who get crossways with a white trans woman. So when this black girl's getting their scholarships taken, and the person taking them is a white dude who thinks he's, he's a woman, and the black girls speak up, and Joy, Joy Reid and Jamel Hill are, are saying, whoa, which way, which way do I go? Now, there's black women on this side, and I gotta ride for them, but there's a white trans person who's supposed to be even more oppressed, and, I, and I'm supposed to be for the oppressed. I'm not which, sure which way to go. I told my wife, when that happens, and it needs to be a big case, I said, I'm gonna have content for at least a week because these women are not gonna know what to do with themselves. Because to this point, and you know this, the trans issue is like the biggest thing as it relates to, you know, sort of middle school through high school sports. Jamel Hill, who's a sports woman, through and through for the last 20 plus years, Mina Kimes, Sarah Spain, Elle Duncan, all of the women over at ESPN, either will not touch this with a 20 foot pole, or if they do, they always come down on the side of the trans person. And eventually, the, the black women I'm talking about are going to be at that crossroads. And they're gonna be in the same position Skip, I mean, uh, Shannon Sharp and LeBron James is. What do, I, do, do I ride for my people, quote unquote, or do I ride for this group that says that they're even more oppressed? And their entire operating system is gonna scramble and you're gonna see the smoke poof, blow out of their head. Donna, we'll end on this note, and I, I, I think I talked about this yesterday with Anthony and uh, TJ Moe during Tennessee Harmony, but uh, this ties this entire show together in terms of you got to be standing on a set of values. Mm -hmm. If you had standing on a set of values and principles, these decisions become kind of easy because you just plug it into your set of values and you reach a conclusion. And, and when I'm looking at America and the systems and corporations and institutions, 
all divorce themselves from God in a biblical worldview. And, and the reason why I've been harping on this today about sports, sports traditionally had been tied to patriotism and religious mm -hmm. faith. Mm -hmm. Prayer before games, prayer after games, uh, Catholic church leagues for baseball and football and, and uh, deacons and ministers in church who coached little league teams and all, and, and all these legendary coaches, particularly in football, that saw, them, saw football as their ministry from, from Tony Dungy to Vince Lombardi to George Hallis. It, it just, sports and religion used to work together hand in hand and I'm looking at them move sports away from religious faith. And, and so it's moving people away from a set of values that used to define competition and, and we pass on those values and the meritocracy and fairness and all that was at the forefront. The most talented people uh, got positions and all that. And, and that's how we won as black people. That's it, mm -hmm. without the meritocracy, there wouldn't be all these black quarterbacks. There wouldn't be the dominance in the NBA. If, if it was just some quota system decided by some feminist that's leading your diversity, inclusion and equity department. These sports leagues wouldn't look the way that they do and athletes wouldn't be making the money that they're making. And so I'm just seeing everybody detached from a set of values and it's just make it up as you go or you wait for black Twitter to tell you what to think instead of attaching yourself to a set of values and letting those drive what you think. That's why we have so much chaos and it, it, it's these, if I would say anything to Jalen Rose or to Shannon Sharp or to Charles Barkley or anybody like, there's a reason your mamas and your grandmamas mm. went to church. There's a reason why they tried to pass on to you those biblical values. It wasn't for you to discard them because social media and, and there was a big paycheck if you discard them. And I know you took the money and you helped your mama and your grandmama, I get it. But they did not want to see you throw away all of your values in pursuit of a paycheck. Attach yourself back to a set of biblical values. Uh, there's something greater than money, mm -hmm. far more rewarding than money. You're going to figure it out. Delano just spelled out for you what the ramifications will eventually be. You're leaving a world that's going to penalize and punish your children if they don't hop on board with every sexual perversion that they eventually legalize. Mm -hmm. Leaving your kids a country and a culture and a system that allows them to live out God's vision and values for them is more important than any amount of money you could leave a kid. Leave them a society and a culture that, that works for them and, and can fulfill them. Money will not do it. These guys already know it because they ain't happy. They got all kinds of money. And right. all that weed and alcohol you're <laughs> drinking, all the tail you're chasing, it's not 
enough. It does not satisfy as much as a culture that rewards good values, safe for kids. Uh, kids aren't being sexualized and perverted. We don't got drag queens in schools. We're not yeah. having blue haired teachers uh, have talks with your kids about their sexuality. That's a parent's job. So I just, I'll give you the final note and then we're done for the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Jason, completely. I mean, one of the most important things um, for me, and particularly as someone who's now becoming a more public figure, obviously, th- thanks to you and the show, is like, I want to be able to sleep well at night and to have my integrity intact and to know that my wife respects me and that my children respect me. And you can't do that if, if all you do is put your finger in the air and see which, wind, which way the wind is blowing, whether that's, it's being blown by the culture or, or, or by corporate. Right. And, and that's why, to me, um, you know, having a, a biblical worldview and a biblical framework to address every problem, there is not a single issue that we deal with in this society or any other society, past, present or future, that you can't work through using your, your Bible. The nature of man, sin, greed, malice, envy, drunkenness, fornication, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, gender confusion, all of these things you can work through using, using the scripture. But when, when man inserts his own wisdom, he always comes out confused. And, and, and I wasn't, you know, when I was talking before, I wasn't trying to make fun of these people. It's just these are people who, who uphold themselves as so knowledgeable and so wise, and they tend to, to speak disparagingly oftentimes about their own fans and viewers. And now they're realizing, I, I can't work it out myself. Right. And, and so, so even for guys like Kyrie and Kanye, to the extent that they're pushing the ball forward on this conversation, they themselves oftentimes fall back into this um, um, self-worship. When Kyrie says, I, I looked at his Twitter, he says, I'm all the names of God. I'm Yahweh. I'm Elohim. I'm, I'm Kyrie. I'm this, that, and the next. And I'm saying, he's still not there. Because if, if you, as a sinner, turn to a fellow image bearer and you say, I'm higher or lower, because there's a part of that too that's still within our culture, this low self-esteem, this white superiority complex, and it's not, the, the, the telltale sign of white superiority complex is not being a black dude on the blaze. It's being a black dude that thinks that the, that the words, the thoughts, and the actions of white people matter more than the words, thoughts, and actions of black folk. And that's why when you hear a black man say, I'm going to shoot me an N and I'm going to slap a B, you say, yeah, you, you're shaking your tail feather. But when you hear a white professor read those lyrics in a classroom, you need an hour on, on the therapist's couch with a comfort squirrel. That's the real white superiority complex. So what I'm saying is when these guys look to their neighbor and they say, I'm either higher or lower because of my skin color or theirs, they're missing the point. We are all sinners all in need of a savior. None of us can save ourselves, our lineage, our tribe, our skin color, none of it can save us. We, we, we need a, a standard of righteousness. We need to be rescued from someone who, who, who is greater than we are. We are spiritually dead. That's what the scriptures say in Ephesians, that before you come to Christ, you are spiritually dead. A dead man cannot save himself. And, and so my prayer for, for them 
for the audience, for every single person walking this earth is to say, look, the one who created you gave you the path. He paid the price. There's there's nothing else you could pay on this bill, on this tab. It's closed. It's it's just a matter of whether or not you want to accept what's already been done or you want to try to pay it yourself. And whenever you try to do it yourself, you see how it works out. So my thing, my, my, my message to them is the same as anybody else. It's like repent and believe. Put your trust in, and faith in Christ and, and believe that he alone has, de- has made you righteous. And then from there, you can, you can follow the path according to the scripture. But if you try to do it yourself, you try to worship yourself and your skin color, and I'm, and I'm of this tribe and I'm of that tribe, you're going to put yourself in a tailspin. And you're not going to have anything that you can stand on. Because if you, if you stand on that Bible and, and what it says and you're reading it in context when Adam Silver or Joseph Tsai or P. Diddy or the people at CNN or MSNBC or Google or Amazon come and tell you, well, actually, men can get pregnant, Mr. Hater, you bigot, you transphobe. You can say, look, do what you will. I'm not moving. So we can we can get into a, 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 a battle whether in the court or in the court of public opinion, but I'm not moving. And if, and if employment at this place is contingent on me telling a six foot four muscle bound dude that he's a woman just cause he wears a wig and, and, and a pencil skirt, then you got to fire me. And that's it. And be willing to suffer the consequences. That, that's what real leadership looks like in this day and age. It's not quoting MLK or Malcolm X and, 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 and you know, reading the first book of Malcolm X's, the first page of Malcolm X's autobiography. It's willing to take a stand on principle and a principle that's tied in to God's truth according to the way that he designed the world. And until they're ready to do that, they're just going to be chasing their tails and flip-flopping one week to the next. I'm, I'm standing. I'm, I got an army around me. And next week... I apologize to the community. <laughs> Jason, these guys, these guys, at the end of the day, you, you and I know these guys do not have peace. They got a lot of money. They got side pieces, but they don't have peace. And that's why they can't rest. And that's why they turn to the drug and to the drink and, 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 and to the ladies. They don't have peace. And that's what I pray for them. I pray that they would have peace. Thank you, D. Thank Great you, job. Uh, Let's play some tomorrow. We'll see you next week. Regrets and our decisions We all want to go to heaven with freedom It's my obligation No hate, discrimination Raising up your hands for freedom Raise up your hands for freedom I just want, I want to be I just want